Hello, vinyl lovers. I'm Antonio Staropoli. And I'm Chris Myers. And you're listening to Taste of Vinyl. The Wizard of Vinyl has arrived. You'll find out what that means in a sec. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to talk or not. <laughs> no, no, you shut good. your mouth. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, <laughs> listeners. Our special guest today is a true artistic pioneer in the world of vinyl. He was the former bassist for the Cleveland band Hot Cha Cha, has been working at Gotta Groove Records for over 10 years, and he is the owner and creator of Wax Mage Records. Please welcome to the show Heath Moose, very excited to have you on, man. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Man, we are stoked. You Doing are all right, man. Thanks. As we said before we started recording, you are a rock star in the world of vinyl. And I don't think I you really clearly are not aware of it. <laughs> no, no, I'm totally clueless. For the people listening, go to Wax Mage Records on the uh Wax Mage Records store envy, and you'll know what we're talking about when you see the records that he has they're all sold out but they're well, beautiful listen. to look out on the picture my, my, room, my roommate is like that, pop, pop in <laughs> pop, pop in come on jerk this is my this is my roommate oh, we've got a his name's matt chas we've got an unofficial guest an amazing photographer hey, man. there's a lot of hey what's up dude local musicians hey yeah. <laughs> hey, hey what's up man hey guys sorry i just had to record hey how are you <laughs> it's all good it's all good dude <laughs> awesome yeah but what i was gonna say is anybody who is actually listening to this show they're they're already aware of that's true wax that's Mage true. records they, they already know but let's start off with our famous question analog or digital I'm totally analog. Like even on our machines, like at work, we're like converting a lot of the analog dials to like digital and, and it is confusing me. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm more of an analog guy musically, like the reel to reel stuff. Like I grew up with that. We grew yeah. up, you know, flipping, flipping my dad's records as a little kid in the seventies and the eighties. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, I'm definitely more, more of an analog guy. The last couple of records I recorded with a punk band that I was in called Dash. Uh, we re recorded reel to reel, like on tape, and then just like you know everything like lo-fi. Like I, I appreciate it, and I also love '50s music for that reason. Like I'll listen to like music from the '30s, '40s, and '50s because it was all analog, and it was fucking live. Like right in that moment, yeah. Like that's what yes. you got. Like one take, everybody in the room, one take, and you know, like maybe not one take, you might play it twice, you know. But that was it. Sure, it was right, right. right. But fuck, like like the real deal, shit. right not like punching in, you know, like, like we do now. And I've been in bands where we're just track like, I'll be like, no, I'll punch my baseline. <laughs> I'm not doing that whole thing. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? <laughs> but definitely analog, the sound, the nostalgia, the, the feel of it, the warmth of it. And that moment of it, that moment is captured like forever in an analog way. I appreciate analog more. Yeah, for sure. Cool, That's man. Beautiful. Beautifully put, man. Now I'm curious to hear your thoughts on black vinyl versus colored vinyl and we are very much aware that black vinyl is also a color records don't just come out black it's added but there's this you know of course audiophiles love to have these debates so you know what are your thoughts so on that whole the, the records that we have a material it's called a natural material and that is actual 
uh, PVC with no no chemical in it, no um, carbons, uh, no pigments. It's clear, right? It's like it's like almost like it's like this. It looks like skim milk is the best way that I can explain it. Like almost translucent, like skim milk color. And uh, to me, like I feel like that it's like the most virgin material that you could get. I feel like that sounds better. And then probably black necks because it also it doesn't necessarily have a pigment. It has like um, it's like a, this carbon stuff in it, so it's a lot different than color. Hmm. So, but dialing you can dial in a color. You can work with a pigment. I feel like a lot of the final manufacturers now are sens- sensitive to that, to like the, the noise floor because the pressing plants and the audio right. and the people that are buying the records are like sensitive to like that noise floor, and they're trying to chemically now like with the current pvc like make color sound better so but okay like yeah natural for me natural then black and then probably like clear will come after that and then and everything else the noise floor slowly starts to raise with glow in the dark being the worst <laughs> gotcha yes. okay yeah. that makes sense but also yeah, glow in the yeah, dark looking sure. the fucking coolest <laughs> yes yes <laughs> probably the reason why people buy it oh, yeah. not necessarily yeah, yeah, for yeah. the sound <laughs> and i feel like that's why folks like started like reaching for like some of the the interesting color records at first not necessarily for the sound i I don't even think like when people started collecting they weren't listening actually even to the music they just wanted something that looked fucking cool because vinyl and the whole package is like such a like a tactile like thing like you can hold on to that like you put the record on you're like yes you're like emotionally involved in the whole fucking process you know you're you're putting the record yeah. on, you're sitting there, you're looking at the liner notes, you're looking at your inserts, you're like, oh, I got a download code. I'm gonna download the, the, the thing. You know what I mean? Take it with me to work. Like you're spending yes. you're spending that 40 minutes fully engaged with with a piece of art. And that blows me away. And and I feel like that's why people Correct. started getting into color. I literally had no idea what I was doing when I started when I started doing it. <laughs> that's yeah. so funny, dude. And now your colored records are some of the most coveted in the vinyl community. It's so crazy how popular they are. I agree with it's so, agree it's impressive. <laughs> it's nice to um I what I really want to do, the main thing that I would like to do someday is like tell everybody how I'm doing what I'm doing. Sure. Like I get I get to show the guys at work. It's it's so much now that I can't do it all myself, which which I had a lot of help in the beginning with uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Sarah Snyder, who helped me start Wax Mage Records. Honestly, the, the name was her idea. Like she was like, "Let's do it, Instagram." Yeah, what you're doing is really neat. Like, let's see what happens with this. So she was like an integral part of the, you know, the first two years of, of Wax Mage. And um, that's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, she left to like follow her passions in, in uh, special effects and art and stuff like that. But you know what? What the foundation that she built, like I still roll with that you know what i mean i really didn't know what i was doing when i started doing that i think it's a testament though to kind of what you were saying about how people got attracted to the colors not for the sound but more for the art of it what you do i think has taken it to a whole other level it really adds that that other dimension where it's not just about the sound and we've said this countless times on our show because we love, I mean, we love vinyl and we love collecting vinyl and we love different color variants. And it's because it adds that whole layer, that other dimension of like artistry. And so again, it's the fact that your work is so coveted 
is a testament to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to respond exactly, except for uh, I'm going <laughs> to go off in a different place where um, I, that was one of the things that, that I like to, uh, I wanted to be able to compliment the, the artwork that was already done. Being a musician, like I understand like what it takes to, yeah. to write a song, to not just write that song, but like teach three, four, five other people how to play that song with you or like have them add to it and then go to a studio and record it and then have it mixed and have it mastered. And like, there are like so many steps that happen before I get sure. to a record. Like somebody's like interpreting the artwork, the, the label art, the, the jacket art, like how, you know, like how do we want this thing to come off? So then I get all of those pieces in at Gotta Groove and, and I look at the, the jacket art. I look at the label art. I listen to the music and I'm just like, you know, and, and, and a lot of times people will give me ideas. They're like, can you do this? And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. I'm going to try it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I, I like, I get a lot of inspiration from, you know, the musicians, from the labels, from the, from the people who are like placing the orders from the artists and stuff like that. And, um, like, I want to be a, I want to be a working like part of every like custom that, comes through gotta groove like i want to be like an integral part of the artistry i want to compliment their work because they've come yeah. this far with this cohesive package like i want to compliment i want to be that last last stamp on there to, to be like this is fucking rad yeah that totally makes sense i mean congratulations because i think i think that you uh, you accomplish that every time and it really <laughs> it really does make the records that much more special and uh, it it really does give people a reason to want to buy a record, to want to listen to a band, because I know that that's how I've come across bands. Like, holy shit, that is a sick looking record. I've never listened yes. to this band. Let me listen to them, and that's how I'm exposed. Nice. So the fact that you take such care in listening to the music, in looking at the artwork. And trying to make it like a cohesive package, yeah, it shows, and it definitely allows people to discover new music. I'm, you know, I'm a testament to that. I don't own any of your stuff, but again, I gotta send you guys some records. Yeah, <laughs> please tell us more about yourself because you just mentioned that you are a musician. So, you know, how did you get involved with music at all? And if you could, kind of just give us a little bit of insight into how it led you to where you are today? Uh, so I, I grew up in a, in a family where both folks played piano. My dad was in choir, played banjo, guitar, like just like a musical family. My sister played in, my older sister played in bands. Um, like it was just like, a, we all had to take, had to take piano lessons. Like I had to play, take violin <laughs> lessons. You know what I mean? Like, like that, we like came from that, that house. Like they were just like trying to increase our brain size and our, our, you know, thinking process with music and I appreciated it. Um, so cool. But uh, I've always like found like some peace in this world, in music, any kind of music, any genre. Like I'm not picky about the genre either. It's like, all like a feeling thing. And um, I played in bands from the time I was like 13, like the high school band to like, you know, in, into my late thirties when I was just like, until I actually found God of Groove records, I was like, I'm just going to, be like working shitty jobs, painting, landscaping and washing dishes until I've fucking figured this out. And then Ha Cha Cha was on a label, uh, Existential Records. And um, I know they're still doing stuff. 
but uh, they had some vinyl press for us, uh, like our first seven inch. And I was like, what the, f- what the fuck vinyl? I had no idea what was going on. I was just the bass player. You know, you tell us when to get, in the band, <laughs> right. and that's when we go. And I was, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, <laughs> record that I play bass on. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I found out uh, it was Preston Cotter group like locally. And I was like, I was like, this is insane. Uh, so I asked Vince, Vince Luzars, uh, at the time, uh, was the owner of the company. Um, and, uh, I was like, Hey, uh, are you guys hiring? Cause I've always been factory factory, you know, where warehousing, landscaping, painting, like, like all like the blue collar stuff where you can just like be like later I'm going on tour. Sure. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But they, uh, Vince was like, no, we're not hiring. I was like, can I, can I fill out an application? He's like, we don't have applications. This is all through email. And I was like, well, can I, can I send you my resume? And he was like, we're not hiring right now. And I was like, I was like, can I come and take a tour? <laughs> so I came, <laughs> yes. so I came and take, I took a tour. I got a groove and I walked in with my resume and, um, <laughs> basically made nice. Vince senior interview me for the job. I didn't know why I was like so compelled, like, so, <laughs> so driven. Um, for, I know now, like shit's weird, but um, it's like serendipitous. Like, but I was like really just wanted to work at this place. I was tired of sleeping, you know, in Richmond, Virginia, on some punk kid's roach infested floor, and I was just like, <laughs> right. I was like, this, I was like, it's it's time to like get a, a big boy job and, and do something. So uh, yeah, man. Uh, after three months of hounding Vince, uh, he was like, we have something open in packaging. And uh, so I started working there and I like quit my bands and um, I just watched those presses every day, like boom, 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 pounding out these records. And I'm like, I want to fucking do that. Like, I want to fucking do that. And uh, it took me about a year and, uh, and I ended up getting onto the pressing floor. And then I saw how Sick. half and half records were made. And I was like, wow, that's really neat how you make half and half records. And then I saw how splatter records were made. And I was like, that is really neat. And then I started looking at records online and I was like, wait a minute, like, this is like really fucking cool. And then I was like, <laughs> while I have all this stuff out in front of me, in front of this press while I'm making it, I was like, let me like throw weird recycled pieces of vinyl on the plates and see what happens. And so I ended up like coming up with these, like, I would like come up with like this fucking crazy looking record and I would run to Vince senior. I'd be like, look how cool this is. He's like, that is so cool. He's like, is it repeatable? And I'm like, I have no idea how I did this. <laughs> so for like, for like a lot of years from like, from like 2011 to like 2014, I had no FMD. Like I didn't know how it was repeatable. I didn't know what was happening to the vinyl, like with different temperatures and like different, like I had to time study this stuff, like different shapes and like different parts. And like, you know, it, it was, it was a long process for me to, to, you know, like get the design party monster to figure out what, how to make a nebula like that, like while the press is going to press something different every time the the, right. the design, like the concept is, the, is the same will always be the, the same. So when you see nebula, you're going to get nebula. When you see party monster, you're going to get party monster. When you see a triple X, you're going to get a triple X. Like the colors might be different, but the design the design on the record, the thing that happens on the record is always going to be the same. It took me a, it took me a long time and a lot of time studies to, to, to get there. Like it's a lot of, wow. there's a lot of thought behind it. No and now, you, and now you're a doctor of pressing <laughs> vinyl. 
Well, now, 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 now I have no, but it, it fills my heart to say this that uh, that I can like teach this to somebody else. So I've I've taught yes. these methods. I have like a, a cookbook or whatever. Like I've been able to like teach these methods and these ideas and these concepts to like to like my crew, and, th- and then they think of other ideas. They're like, "Well, what if we did this?" I'm like, "Do it, try it." That's what my boss did for me. He was like, "Do it, try it, like make it work." Show me, show me this again. You know what I mean? Like, it's just super encouraging and like super. Like, I love my company, <laughs> company man. I think it's ex- extremely impressive. Yeah, I th- I do. I think it's it's impressive as well. Like, I agree. The fact that your boss kind of gives you free reign and uh, yeah, you're able to to experiment and do all this stuff, man. That's priceless. Yeah, that's it priceless, really is. man. Because look, I don't know what your plans are at all for the future. I want to retire. But, uh, but <laughs> right. did you, what'd you say? I'm fucking tired, man. I'm Neither. 50 years old for fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> yeah. You're not 50. Yeah, dude. I'm totally 50 years old. Sex drugs no, are rock and roll. Not. <laughs> no, no, uh, no one watching this or uh, either of us believe you. Get the fuck out <laughs> of here. You know. I'm not pulling out my ID. That's I'm, insane, dude. I'm not pulling out my ID. Well, <laughs> Well, you you did you did say you did say growing up in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I thought I thought maybe like late seventies. So I was like, all right. So he's probably yeah, no, at, I was at actually most, he's probably like 42, 43. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we don't have to wow. linger on. No, I'm, I'm fine with it. I won the lottery. Yeah, that's that good. Place, I guess, dude. I was I was gonna say, you know what? I mean, like, holy crap! Like you've you've made a lot you know the most of your time honestly you've done so much already and like i can't think of many people who learned to press vinyl the way you do on the job i i would imagine people who press vinyl go to some sort of schooling for it you know what when and, and i'm in the process of hiring right now i got a group for a third shift like i uh, said earlier um yeah there is not one single person that I've ever hired that has run a record press. So it's like, okay. Like, so they learn on, on the job. I, I feel like it's so niche and like, so like right. specialized. Like if somebody, I, here's what I ask. Some of the questions I ask, I'm like, do you work on your car? Do you work on a bicycle? Do you know what an Allen wrench is? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, have you, right, ever, right, turned, right. have you ever turned a wrench? Are you like mechanically inclined? Like, like, have you changed your oil? Basically, like, are you afraid of machines? <laughs> kind of stuff. I'm like, right. I can, I can, teach, yeah. I can. T- anybody who's willing to learn, I, I can teach them how to run a record press. But it, it, cool. It, you know, if like, if somebody has like CNC like skills, or like, uh, we have some guys that have used to work in um, t-shirt printing or like newspaper printing and stuff okay. like and stuff like that, like working on like machines like that. So it's like, yeah. I've never hired anybody that has been a previous like record press operator. I've never operated a, you know, a press when I started. And, and, and at the beginning, like I was like, got a groove opened up in 2009. I started working there in, in um, 2010 and we literally had no idea what we were doing. Like we were fucking flying by the seat of our pants, like trying to like make these <laughs> machines go and, and stay in alignment. Like we had like, we had some really good help from people in the industry. Um, but a lot like we had to like write our own protocols and like we had like some blueprints, but not all the blueprints. You know what I mean? It was like, right, it right. was like hard to come by because these machines, like 
were destroyed in the eighties. Like, like most of them, like they were just like records are records are dead, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. All of that shit. And it was over, you know? So wow. the machines that, that we have are like pieced together and, and put together. So it's like, of course I'm not going to hire anybody. I learned how to press records out of a, out of, uh, um, you know, like encouragement and a, and a blueprint and a manual, a sketchy manual, but we've added to that over there. I never want anybody to learn the way that I had to learn, you know, I, sure. I try to make it easier as easy as I can. I even try to like help other, you know, record pressers, like other plants, if they need help, you know what I mean? Like we're like, God, agree was like wide open and like with what we've learned, like if your press isn't working, call me up. <laughs> I'll tell you everything. Yeah. About yeah. That. <laughs> okay. So That's amazing. Tell, all right. So then, <clears throat> we're all we're all listening. So tell us how you make wax mage records right now. I'm not allowed. Yeah, <laughs> it's proprietary. I'm kidding. I'm oh, not allowed. And I I'm, love that you asked that question. <laughs> <I'm>, dude, tell <laughs> us. Totally. Well, first, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just by yeah, by way of motion. How do you do this? <laughs> and then and then yeah. like this. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You do a little bit of this. Right. A lot. This, <laughs> a lot of that. This, some of that. Yeah. <laughs> to everyone who's listening yeah. right now, it's a shame you can't yeah. see this. This is I, amazing. I think I know what you mean. And a little bit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. There you I go. love that. Oh my god, that's fantastic. Now, so you know what's super interesting is you are so involved with vinyl. You clearly have this passion. However, you're not much of a collector. I'm not. And we're gonna get back to that. Okay, I just wanted okay, to throw man. that out there. Okay, we're going to interesting note. <laughs> no, no, gonna, no, 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 no. Right. We're going to talk about that. But first, let's talk about hot cha cha. Okay. Hot cha cha? Is that how how do you say yeah, it? Yeah, hot cha cha. That was it. Yeah. Hot cha-cha. Okay. Let it roll off. Hot cha cha? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> tell us tell us about that. So you played the bass. How long were you in the band? Like, tell, tell us the genesis story of the band. And uh, I had like a midlife crisis. Uh, wound up at a bar shooting oh, pool, trying not to hang myself from the rafters. And, oh, and the lead singer okay. was like, "Hey, join my band." And I was like, "Cool." <laughs> she was like, "Do you play <laughs> wow. bass?" I was like, "No, but I will tomorrow." <laughs> so I was yes. a guitar player, but I was just like, "Ah, oh, it's six strings and four strings. What's the big deal?" Turns out there's a big deal. <laughs> But I figured it out after a while. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah. So how long had the band been playing then before you joined? Probably a few months. Yeah. Oh, so there was a fairly new. I saw their new, first yeah. show at a Cleveland uh, club called Pats in the Flats that is now defunct, but it's like an iconic. If you oh. like Google Pats in the Flats in Cleveland, like fucking every punk band from the 60s, 70s, and 80s like played there. Every single one of them. All of them. I think... Even the White Stripes played there, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, everybody, like, rolling through. It was, like, a shitty, a shitty, not, I don't even want to say shitty. It was, like, a, it's down by LTV Steel, like, down in the flats where all the steel places are. Um, okay. But it ended up turning into, like, this this punk club, like, after, like, LTV, like, got basically shut down and, like, you know, like, all that industry, like, went away from the Rust Belt, basically. So, it turned into a punk bar, and uh, so that's where I, that's where I saw him play. Pats in the Flats. Just Google it; you'll enjoy the story. Cool, History. cool. Yeah. Have, did you guys like? Because you told you did mention that you guys went on the road. Yeah. So, like, tell us about your touring experience with us. Well, if, at first, because none of us really ever did it, we slept in the van in parking lots a lot, a lot. 
uh, we didn't really have merch. That seems to be like the norm. And we and we were just happy to like not be in Cleveland, which which was fine because everyone was like <laughs> mentally and emotionally wrecked at exactly the same time. So we we're like, let's just go on on the road. That will be better. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I, the lead singer, her name is uh, Jovana Batkovic, and um, she came over from Serbia. And she was like trained in theater and just like had like an amazing fucking stage presence. And uh, the, wow. the guitar player, Mandy, Mandy look um, lives in Atlanta. Now uh, Yovana lives in Florida and Cape Coral with her husband now runs an amazing pizza shop called nice guys pizza. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. Yeah. I like that. Go there and get some pizza because they're like, they're like bands are like coming through there. Like they changed the community. Her and her husband changed the community where like they're actually getting like punk bands like touring through and like coming through and supporting local arts and in and, and the district and just like doing really cool, oh, cool. shit. And like I said, uh, Mandy's near Atlanta uh, with her husband. Like everybody's like scattered. Uh, the drummer, Rosanna, we had two different drummers. The drummer, Rosanna, uh, runs a, a bar here called uh, Little Rose Tavern. So she has like music coming through. And, and the other drummer that we had, Lisa Pulovson, um, who also worked at Gotta Group for a long time and gave me was an integral part of a lot of the designs that we see now. She created, she's an amazing cool. artist and uh, she's with her fiance across town and I should see them more and I, and I don't. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ha Cha Cha it was like basically like a, a, a catalyst into, because like I said, Ha Cha Cha put out the album that through existential records, it was pressing Gotta Groove. And I was like, ding, like, it was like this long process of my of my right. genesis, basically. And it's like bizarre yeah, to think. Yeah. I don't really it was meant to think about it like it like like it that way. Right. But yeah. Right, right. And no, you're but- absolutely right. You absolutely explained it from A to Z. And then I decided to ask you that question <laughs> like a fucking idiot. No, no, you're not an idiot at all. No, no but now we've linked because, all the pieces together. Yeah. Right. No, no, but 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 you I'm have glad the capability I'm glad of editing all of this stuff. I do. do. I do, and I spend entirely too much time doing it. <laughs> You're like, how do I not sound like an idiot? You have no fucking idea. I think I spend more time trying to make myself not sound like an idiot than anything else with this show. I, I think so. I think it's okay to be vulnerable it. and transparent. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> but um, so you, I'm assuming you have your own band's music on vinyl because you got it from Got a Groove Records. Yes, sir. So let's get into your lack of vinyl collecting now. <laughs> so you have, at least we could say that you have your record. He's laughing. At least one. <laughs> you no, at least um, have one record. All right, hold on. Listen, <laughs> honestly, hold on. dude, yeah. honestly. No, no, it's all, all good. Right. It's, it's, all it's good. not bad. I did consolidate, but, and I no. also moved like last weekend, so it's kind of messy. But I do have. All right, so you got a good. I have. I got, have some. I have got, some records. I have my records. You have more than I do. Buried right now in this in this mess, but like. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, man. Let, let's just let, let me let me like just full disclosure, like what you just showed me there, like you've got more records than I do, <laughs> okay. for sure. Uh, <laughs> not maybe not by much, but you definitely have more records than I do. I'm just busting your chops, like we're busting chops yeah, right now. Yeah, like yeah. honestly, no. I can bust with the best of them, brother. Let's go. Let's that's go. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, but but you know, <laughs> honestly, it's like the fact that you have such a passion for it. I mean, that just speaks volumes to me. Uh, you clearly have a, a passion and a love for it. So who the fuck? Who's gonna judge? Like, oh well, he doesn't have over a thousand records of his own. So you know, I don't. I don't know who's who's gonna be sitting there judging you. I really. No, not when you make sick records. Like <laughs> exactly. Records. Exactly. Nobody has a right to say uh-uh. fuck Mm-mm. all about how many records I you have. I want every single like, one of those. Like, how funny, <laughs> how funny would it be if, like, I didn't own, if I was just like, no, oh, man, I only listen to tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, nah, cassettes are my yeah, thing. Yeah, man, that's, that's my jam. Like, <laughs> wait, vinyl? Yeah, you're like, I, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you make vinyl, but you love colored cassettes. <laughs> you're like, I got to get those limited Which, edition color cassettes. Well, that's <laughs> also yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. I don't fucking like Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's also an like interesting thing. a thing that's happening right now. It is. Now. Absolutely. No, and I love it but, because uh, a car that I'm literally about to sell, transfer, like give, like sell my car tonight is my 1994 pink Ford Probe, which I love. Oh, shit. I can't oh. put any more money into it. I just can't. I can't. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I fucking can't. Time to upgrade. Yeah, I can't. I just, I can't. It's a beautiful car. It's a beautiful car. And uh, it's a classic. It's now a classic. It is. It's a historical slash hysterical vehicle. If you ever saw, I'm going to, I'm going to send you a picture via email of this car and you're going to be like, why did you, why did you sell that? (laughs) But uh, it has a cassette player. Yeah. 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 I was like super into like, cool, man. And like, yeah. Well, the sound is, is, you know, great on cassettes too. It's analog. So there's nothing, nothing wrong with (laughs) cassette. Yeah. Exactly, it's analog, so there's nothing yeah, wrong with it. This is a show anymore. about an analog format. Little, little so. is, <laughs> no, nothing at all. Just let you know it's real. You know? You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did a little dig at it, but you know, it, there's nothing wrong with it at all. As, as record, like, you know, like I'm not, I'm not like you know, with my mouse, like oh, I gotta get this record like, <laughs> right. like i'm not fast enough like that like i don't i don't care like if i like a record i'm gonna order, i'm gonna order it the last record i just ordered was uh i think they called it the melty variant which is is like a um like a hand pour of uh amel and the sniffers like new release Ooh. which which is uh uh Ooh, some okay. punk that i really fucking dig like i have all their records i fucking love it that and like Sleaford mods is like another one of the things that I like, I really like listening to and uh, that. And I found like some weird, like record from the eighties. That's like Hungarian pop. You know what I mean? Like, Oh wow. Like, my buddy brought it over. That's and, cool. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, you will love this. And it's, um, it's amazing. I, I don't even, I don't even <laughs> know where it is right now because like I said, I like, like just moved and all my records are while they're put away, they are fucking not organized at all. wow in your vinyl collection what is your most (laughs) prized record that you would say that you have um pink flag the wire oh okay yeah 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 i I oh oh pink flag the wire yeah yeah yeah. fuck you chris i love yeah no yeah yeah yeah. i love (laughs) i love that fucking record front to back like every single song i don't know what it like just soothes me like when i put it on I can't name one single song off of that record, but I know that record. I know the cover. It's like my go-to. I could probably grab it out right now because it's my go-to. Okay. But, uh, That's awesome. Yeah. 
That's, that's the wire. No, that's a great band, honestly. Yes. Um, and Pink Flag is like, I, it was like a grail for me because I couldn't find like the first one out for like less than like 50 bucks or whatever that wasn't like, right, shit, right. You know, and I was just like, like I found this one like flipping. I don't even remember what record store I was in because everywhere I go, I'm like, I'm like, where's the local record place? Like I will go yeah, and yeah, yeah. check out the record shops and like flip through the records. And you know, yes. I, of course, like when I go in there, I'm like, I have like a list of like records that I want, but when you go in there, gone, you know, and you just like start flipping crate to crate to crate. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, I wanted this one, but oh yeah, I wanted this one. Like I want like, you're right, right, I was right. a kid in the eighties, like I had all fucking Iron Maiden records and I'm just like, what happened? I don't know where they went. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where they are anymore. Like you just don't think about that stuff. You lose track of your Star Wars toys when you're a kid you know what i mean yeah like i was just like, right right just like gone you didn't think about it but iron maiden records are so fucking expensive right now i'm like this is stupid i could have got this for 13 dollars in like 1984 <laughs> right right <laughs> so i can't like i can't i'm just like i'm not paying for it but i really no i'm gonna end up paying for it's it. it's tough to talk to me in two years and i'm gonna be that record collecting guy <laughs> Yeah, you'll be like, you guys are the guys that got me back into this. <laughs> <laughs> you made me spend all my all this money. God damn it, I to, was supposed to retire in ten years. Yeah. Now I gotta like, push it back I to went, fifteen years. Yeah. Like I went back and revisited my everything I ever owned in my collection before and I bought it all again, you bastards. Dude, like seriously? <laughs> like, okay, if you revisited your childhood, do you got y'all have childhood vinyl? And if you, if you do, like, what is your, what's your record that you, that you would, that you, ah. that you don't have right now? I'll tell you right now, I never had any childhood vinyl. <laughs> I, You're like, I never had any childhood. No, no I, I didn't. <laughs> and like, legit, like, I, you know, I didn't grow up in a house where like music was like the most important thing. I was probably 12 or something like that when I bought my first CD. Hmm. And, um, and I think it was the Offspring Smash. Nice. Okay. And, um, yeah, it was fucking awesome. But I can relate in that way because I know that all of the records that I I did buy on CD, like I'm on a mission now ah, to get yeah. them on vinyl. Yeah. So I have. I actually just I bought the Offspring Smash not that long ago because you know that that's that's <laughs> a record that's been right like pressed and repressed and it's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, but like, <laughs> here's the thing, right? Like, okay, so I have the black one, and that's cool. But I know that there's a, like a clear orange kind of one where it matches the cover art on the album, and it's like, yeah, I kind of want that one. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I want. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. So there's, you, you know, like even though I've got that, it's still, you know, like I'm st- I'm that guy. I'm the one that's going to own however many color variants of so a if record you get the orange that one, means a lot to me. If you get the orange one, will you play the orange one? Or will you continue to play the black one? You know what's funny, man? I'll play. I'll fucking play them all. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. I want to know what it sounds. Because yeah, I'm yeah. not selling it. That's my yeah, fucking yeah, record. That's right. That's right. And you know what? I went through this like a while ago with a Touche Amore record where I was like, right. This is the fucking grail. I love that. This is so beautiful. Fuck it, man. I'm going to play it. Like, I have four different color variants of that record. And 
Sometimes I want to play the deluxe. Sometimes I want to play the black one. Sometimes I'll want to play the beer splatter one that I that I love. I don't. It doesn't matter. Hey man, th- I don't fucking care. How does that splatter record sound compared to the compared to the other like solid color records? Can you hear? I I want to say that these things vary so much. I'll say that the beer splatter one doesn't sound great. I have a clear, like light blue one, and I think that one might sound the best. And the deluxe is a pinwheel. Okay. And that one sounds fine too. Unfortunately, the one that I love the most doesn't have like the best sound. The right. noise floor is a little bit high on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, it's so hard for me to quantify and say this splatter sounds worse than that one, or I, I don't know. It, it varies so much between records for me. Right, right. That's one of the things that, that I've tried to like, because I know like the audiophiles are like, black sounds the best, fuck your color records. And, and when I started right, hearing right. that, like back in like 2013, 14, I was like, you know what? Wax Mage is never pressing a fucking black record. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, and I've, sa- I've said this before, uh, I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to keep saying it. The only black record that Wax Mage will press is a fucking Black Sabbath record. Any re-release that fucking ah, there you go. Black Sabbath wants to press, I will do that on black. Nothing Sick. else. No other release. I, like that's fine. Anything right, that Wax right. Mage releases is never going to be on a black record. Never ever. Yeah, but uh, just because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be cool. dick as much as a dick. It's the audio files are like black sounds the best. I'm like, I'm like on this like I'm like on this like committed like mission to like to like dial in these colors or, and like you know maybe like someday like down the road work with work with a you know like a chemist or or, or like you know like a PVC manufacturer and be like how can we make this sound better like how can we make this color sound better like what do I have to do like heating and cooling wise to make this sound better so I'm like looking at like what I'm doing not only like as an aesthetically pleasing thing, but as like, like, like scientifically, like sonically, like how can we, how can we improve this medium and and make it like, you know, like not like it was before. Like we're already not putting lead in records and it's very much affecting the sound and, and our health, (laughs) but affecting like the sound of like records. Yeah. I feel like leaded records actually sounded better because the, the, the PVC had better flow to it back then, but um, it's not good for you to right. work with lead dust. So they were like, right. well, that idea. Okay. Yeah. So we're like at square one with, um, you know, like, like trying to make things like the science again. behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot of factors going on. I, right. It's, and it's like you said earlier, you know, like you've had, you have like all of these, pressing plants now that are basically kind of just like they're like learning how to do this stuff from like nowhere they're yeah. kind of piecing things together yep. and they're figuring things out yep. through trial and error as they're going and i do think that maybe back then maybe when vinyl was like the the thing it was just a way to get music out nobody was nobody really yep. cared about like Oh, what's like the sound yeah, quality? Of, I, I, like, I don't it, feel like anybody it, it was just back then, right? Mm-mm. So now today we have you know technology, audio equipment that 
allows people to really experience music in such a, a way that we've never been able to experience it before. So all of these different formats are trying to figure out like, what's the best way? How do we get the best sound? And of course, that's going to translate over to vinyl. And because it's almost like the industry is like relearning how to make these things yeah. as it goes, we really, we really, you're going to yeah. you're gonna stumble and you're going to fall and you're yeah. going to... But as you're doing it, you're going to learn how to make it sound even better. Yeah. And it is a lot, it seems like it's a lot of it is trial and error. Yep. I mean, it's art. It's literally, you're creating a physical piece of art and you're making it sound amazing. There's so many different layers to this thing. Now I'm rambling. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's so cool that you have that vision. So I, I respect that, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Very cool. And how, let's say a band like our band would like <laughs> to actually get some wax mage records done yes how in the fuck do we do that <laughs> who do we talk to all right so do we just talk kidding. to you yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah not not yet oh you have okay. to like i press and we forgot a groove so you'd have to like place an order right, through right. them uh the minimum okay. order through got sure. a groove records is uh 100 records if you want to add wax mage on there the minimum order is 125 records Ah, my, okay. My my suggestion is for about the same price, you can make three hundred records, <laughs> just because of setups, like getting stampers, getting your artwork and everything together. It's like yeah. maybe like another two hundred bucks on top of your bill, you'll have two hundred more records, basically. But there are some people eh. that just show up and they're just like, I want you know a hundred splatter records and twenty five wax mage records for this run. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, you would have to go to gotagroovrecords.com, place an order there. And then um, pretty much it's a one-stop shop at Gotta Groove Records. They have like a, a record uh, package builder on the website. So you can like mm. plug everything in there that you need. We'll make sure that you get jackets done. We'll make sure that labels get done. We'll make sure that you're, you know, like anything you need as far as like mastering and, and like lacquer cutting. And I, I think we're the one of the only record pressing plants that has like everything that you need, like in total like right there where you can just like show up and do it. So, okay. Sick. Like Pirates Press, a lot of people will go to Pirates Press and like Pirate Pirates Press like pulls all those parts together for you, sort of like a middleman. Right. Um but got a groove, we just have we have everything already ready for you. Just submit your art and submit your music and then we take care of everything else. So that that part's pretty easy. And then um You hear that Skippy? They do it better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I did not say Skippy that. doesn't want to hear that. He's, Just he's, kidding. He said that. I'm sorry. We don't do it better. We do it different. We do it a little different. That's there you go. There um, you go. Well, everyone's un everyone's got a unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's got a, a, a different approach. Uh, we all end up. We all end right. up with the same thing at the end. But uh, right. so if and, and when people want customs and they have an idea, or people want customs and they have like a color concept, or like whatever they want, there's like a wax mage one sheet. Like after you like fill out your order on gotagroovrecords.com, um, though you'll get your confirmation email. And then in that confirmation email, there'll be like a link where you can click on the wax mage one sheet. Like if you're getting customs or anything like that. And even if you're not, you change okay. your mind like, oh, I've had my order in for like two months, but now I want to get customs because holy shit, these are cool. Then you can like, you know, put your order in for yeah. that later. Like there's a lot of changes that can be made. Like, 
even after you've like got your order in or whatever, just because honestly, okay. lead times and stuff, but it's, it's really pretty easy. So what is the lead time then if I were to say place order today? Uh, so the lead, the lead time for a 12 inch record, I am scheduling into, into April for, for a standard weight 12 inch, I'm scheduling into end of May for both the 180 gram and, the, and a seven inch record, like eight, eight months wow. to a year. Basically. Eight months. You did say, yeah, yeah that's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, wild. but it, it makes sense because like you said, it's backed up. So now we've talked about the lead time. Let's say for one, 125 records, 100 from You Got a Groove, 25 from Wax Mage. Are you able to give us like an estimate of how much that might cost? <laughs> I was just laughing about this today because somebody, people ask me, they're like, how much does it cost to press one record? Like, <laughs> that's insane three hundred dollars like, not how it works no, about three thousand dollars <laughs> it costs about For one record holy shit to press, to press one record just because well you have to order like 500 jackets you have to order like 1500 yeah. you have to order like those like those are those companies minimums and then and then to right, get right, yeah. you know your mastering done is a, is a couple hundred dollars, and and your getting your cutting done is like a couple hundred, and getting it getting the uh, stampers made is like is a couple hundred. It's like and like just like the setup fee in and of itself, and I'm just like you might as well pr- like do a 300 record run basically, and right? Then right. Kind of like get because it's about it's about the same price basically, like pr- like yeah. literally pressing one vinyl record at a record pressing no one would take that order which is why you need to go no, see of course not. <laughs> yes yes exactly <laughs> because right. she will cut one record for you <laughs> yes <laughs> but um uh yeah no like a record pressing plant like they there's so much involved there's so many moving parts happening sure. and, and, and like occasionally i'll get folks who are just like can i get you know 25 records but one of each of your designs and i'm like i Holy shit. Yeah. I'm like, it's possible. That would literally take me all day to do just because of like the different setups that I have to do for each of those designs. Like, yeah, it would would be insane. So it costs about $3,000 to press one. (laughs) To just literally one. So then for, no, no, no. And I, no, I I totally, I totally agree with that. So for a hot, so that's the price point for one. Twenty five is probably going to cost you, I mean, if if you're doing your Whole own pocket. packaging, if you're getting your if you're getting your jackets made someplace else, if if um, you're like it would make more sense to get it all like, done with you, like piecemealing it yourself. Yeah, you could you could probably get away with two thousand. Okay, but like go to gotagroovrecords.com and like use their record builder and okay, you know, like check it check it out from there. It's not an inexpensive medium. It's not, but it's definitely a collectible. It- Sure, sure. Yeah, it's it's only expensive when one third of the band wants to do it, and the other four won't chip in. <laughs> you know that might that, that's that, I think need to rethink the band you're in. <laughs> right. I think that that may change. We may change their minds eventually, but I uh, hope so. As well, of right, we have one right other now. person on board, perhaps. Yeah, I think I mean, half e. the band is pretty. I think the only one person we're, we'll never be able to convince is our bass player, Kevin. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, as a bass player myself, you don't need to even tell them that anything is happening. 
<laughs> just, do, just, just do it. You'll be like, oh shit, I'm on bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's how I got here. <laughs> I had no I idea. Love that, man. I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> I fucking love that, dude. That is great. Heath, thank you so much for answering all our questions. Uh, unfortunately, Heath will not be joining us for On the Platter. However, uh, Heath, we want to know if you have any last words, any plugs, any thoughts you want to leave our listeners with. Now's the time. I'd like to just like thank all of the crew at, at GGR. That includes the folks who run the place and, and also the, the folks who made the place happen. Just for like the unending support that I have in the vinyl community. Like I can't do what I do with without folks like you. And and I appreciate you probably more than than you appreciate me. And we'll fight about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like as as far as plugs go, like if you if you want some wax made records, go to codigroovrecords.com and uh you place your order there. And if you want to see the records that I make, uh check out Wax Made Records Instagram. And um if you ever have any questions, like hit me up because I'm the one that's on there and I'm answering questions and I'm I'm always available for like whatever questions as silly as you might think they seem like I'm 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 here for it because I didn't know what I was doing when I started and uh I want to impart my knowledge on folks in the industry and the community as as much as I can so hit me up anytime that's awesome yeah thanks for having me guys I really appreciate it seriously oh thank thank you thank you we we can't we can't thank you enough uh everyone please check out Wax Mage Records. Again, I'm sure that people listening to this have seen these records. If you haven't, check it out on Instagram. You will probably have an orgasm in your pants. Cream your pants. Yeah, exactly. Right then and there. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's all, and clearly, that's all I ever wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a mass Mission orgasm. accomplished. <laughs> yes, yes. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Heath, thank you, thank you again for thank coming you. on the thank show. You. We really appreciate it. Yeah, now it is time for on the platter. Oh God, it's so good. Mmm, so good and tasty. Okay, so today we are discussing Core by Stone Temple Pilots, which was released back in September of 1992. So this album, I mean, first of all, Stone Temple Pilots is one of those bands that <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's holding up his record, uh, his music on vinyl version. Yes. So Stone Temple Pilots is a band that when I was growing up, I, you know, as young as I was, I formed this opinion that Stone Temple Pilots was just a band that was ripping off like Pearl Jam and Alice yeah. in Chains. And I didn't really, I don't know, man, I, I really didn't give them too much credit. Right, they're just on but, the bandwagon. Yeah, but as I got older, I started to hear them like with different ears, and now they're like they really are like one of my favorite bands I, from the '90s. Like I absolutely love their sound. I I'm able to make you know I'm able to to hear the distinctions, and I'm able to to say that my initial critical you know, attitude towards them was very wrong yes. and I shouldn't have been so critical of them. But um, yeah, man, I, and especially this album has so many fucking amazing songs. Yes. Like Dead and Bloated, Sex Type Thing, Wicked Garden, uh, Creep, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Plush, plush. Uh, Cracker Man. Like, yeah, no, there yeah. are literally like all of those were singles. 
Right. Yeah. Like, like, those were all fucking singles. Like three I fourths mean, of the album. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And they were all they were all on the radio. I mean, it's just just an amazing fucking record. You know? Absolutely. Um, I so I'm I'm just stoked that I have this on vinyl. And I ended up buying the Walmart pressing, which is like a red and black kind of I, I don't I wouldn't even call it a splatter, but it's like a I guess it's a splatter. Um right. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It really is. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a splatter either. It just is like an it's like a, a really cool mix of the two. Because there's yeah. usually a splatter is just like literally like a splatter of the other color. Like this is like right. It looks like it was made black and then they just kind of like rubbed red, like just sort of like pr- yeah. almost like you're making dough. Like they just pressed red over it and it just makes like a really it's beautiful, so- almost zebra type of like yeah. pattern. Like it's a really beautiful. And I like, I'm, I'm very, and I was just saying this before we hit, <laughs> before we were uh, about to get on. I was just saying how. At first, when I saw that, I was like, I only didn't buy it because I said Walmart. I'm right. not going to get a Walmart exclusive because <laughs> I just thought like, it's just the idea that like, why would Walmart like have a take like care. vinyl? Yeah, take care of vinyl. Like they're a big conglomerate. Like they don't give a shit. But sure. that's not the case at all. It's literally, it's pressed in Europe and Germany and it just happens to be a Walmart exclusive color. Right. And I wish I bought it because by the time I did go to buy it, it was sold, it was out. sold so, out. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> don't ever, yeah, like even if you think, uh, like, oh, Target exclusive or blah or whatever, Walmart exclusive, don't do that because they probably they sound miss great. Out. You'll, you'll miss, miss out. out. Don't be a fucking snob because you'll miss out. Here's the thing about it, right? Like I have bought several Walmart pressings. I have bought several Target pressings. And just because I, I've bought those records from those companies doesn't make them any less valuable. I can tell you that it looks great and it sounds fucking phenomenal. Um, and that's all I could ask for. Sure. That's all I could ask for. Uh, and it is, it's like I said, this is definitely like one of my all-time favorite 90s bands. Yes. And this record alone has just so many songs on it that were hits. They were all fucking hits. Yes. This was actually, so my brother bought me this, uh, bought me the CD probably back in 94. And it was the first album I ever owned. Like he gave me my first album ever. No shit. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, I get a lot of my taste in music from him, my brother, Josh, and he has good taste in music. Like he got me into stone Temple pilots he got me into Alkaline Trio, the Get Up Kids. You know, like he he was a huge Metallica fan. I don't really know if he is anymore, but uh like just a Deftone, like Deftones, stuff like that. And um when I got into records over a decade ago now, it wasn't the first album I bought, but the but it was probably within a year or two of me starting to collect that I saw that and I immediately was like, I gotta get that on on vinyl. Right. But uh, yeah, dude, it's uh, it sounds amazing. I mean, like uh, music on vinyl has pressed uh, many, many records over the years, and they are always very limited. Like they're usually out of like two thousand pressings or whatever. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say I have about fifteen or twenty different 
records from music on vinyl. And, um, uh, I have no complaints about, about their records and their sounds. They usually like remaster everything and sure. It sounds fantastic. So this record's just honestly, it's, it's, it's like you, it's one of my favorite records of all time. And you know, there really is a, a reason why you, you know, bands like stone telepilots, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. If I'm missing any, I apologize. Um, but because those bands, although in the same genre, really stand apart because of like just how amazing their music is. And Stone Tell Pilots stands out to me because of their like their 70s kind of like groovy influence. Yeah. And Scott yes. Weiland's voice, just like all those other guys, very, very unique sounding how, voice, dude. How bummed were you when he died? I honestly, uh, you know, I didn't know I could be that upset when he, he died. Like I was like, "Fuck, man, this this one hurts." Yes, I, I was like, "Shit, man!" Uh, like I thought he had, and I guess it's tough, man. He's he's had a drug addiction. He had a drug addiction for quite some time, and he went. You know, you, you never know how many times people go in and out of rehab and really, really try to kick those addictions and stuff. And, um, yeah, I, it just like, it's, it's a real shame when somebody like that or other people that, you know, that died way before their time with that kind of extreme talent. And we could sit here and probably name quite a few people from the past five years that have passed away that really made a huge impact on, on their music scene. Oh but, yeah, yeah, totally. dude. Just super tragic, man. Like when you see somebody with talent like that, and they just uh, not not that they fade out of existence because they they'll be on the radio forever. But yeah, yeah. but it's just it's just a shame, dude. Have you ever seen show. them live? Yes, I wish I'd seen them in their prime. I was a little too young, I think, to have my yeah, for same. my parents to have gone taken me to a Stone Temple Pilots concert. However, <laughs> in 2009, I did see them when they originally like got back together um or 2010 or something. And they were at Music Fest and they were phenomenal. It was funny cuz at first like Scott Weiland had just shaved his head, but when he came out, like he had this suit on and like this uh really neat hat and like it's just funny cuz I thought it was like did Justin Timberlake just come out? Because it just looked like Justin Timberlake. And I was like, oh, shit, it's Scott. Like, he didn't even look like himself, dude. He was so, like, razor thin. But I'll tell you what. They put on one hell of a fucking show. And uh, I'm very, yeah. very glad and honored to have been able to see them, you know, at least once. Yeah. Can't, can't say that about Soundgarden or Audio Slave or any of those bands. Oh, but. man. I saw Soundgarden maybe twice. Man. And I will say that. And not to, like, I'm not trying to. No, no, no. Not to rub it in or anything like that, but I will say I know say how good that, it is. I will say <laughs> that it was... So it was Dillinger Escape Plan, Soundgarden, Nine okay. Inch Nails. Oh, shit. And it, it was the best concert I had ever been to. It is the best concert I have ever been to because... Well, first of all, Dillinger Escape Plan is just fucking awesome, insane, dude. right? Yes. But Soundgarden put on an incredible, unforgettable show. And then Nine Inch Nails came out, shit, and, and put on an incredible, unfucking forgettable <laughs> show. So it was just like it, it was incredible. It was just amazing. It was the perfect show. 
So I'm I, I'm very lucky that I, I got to see them. Sure. Um, and I and I and I actually saw Stone Temple Pilots um, twice. And I think Sweet the first dude. time was was right around when they first got back together, and um, and it was oh my god, dude! It was like everything I ever wanted it to be. It was so fucking good, man. Because because that was when I started to appreciate them. Sure, it was funny because it was just like I I, I like rediscovered them. I had this newfound respect and admiration for the band that I had never had before. And they get back together and they start touring and I'm like, oh, this is fucking great. Like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to actually be able to, to see them live. And the first time I saw them, it was, um, it was the summer stage at the stone pony. Okay. Wow. And it was so good, dude. They were so fucking amazing. It was like, wow, this is just literally everything I ever wanted it to be. And I think the second time I saw them, I don't remember if it was, so I think I saw them at House of Blues. Ah, that, does okay. that sound? House of Blues sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a really well-known venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that that's where it was. And for like the first two or three songs, Scott Weiland was definitely fucked up. Oh, I'm sure, dude. And it, sound, it sounded so bad. I was so upset for like those first like two songs. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh no, this is like this is not good. This is bad." And then, and then all of a sudden, it it clicked, and the rest of the show was fantastic. But yeah, man, right. it was it was wild to see to see that happen to him. Like to be like, "Oh my god, he's like not okay." Yeah, you and know? I'm I'm sure the the rest of the band was just like, "Fuck, man, it's happening again." I'm sh- I'm sure that they've dealt with that many times over the years. And, uh, uh, and, but, the, but it's, what's interesting is, is that like, you know, he's such a, a professional in, in a sense that he was able to get right back. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, just kind of like get out of that little like tizzy and then get right snap back into it, it and snap out of it. Because yeah, when I saw them, just like when you saw them, it was like, they never went on a hiatus or broke up at all. It was like, they right. didn't fucking miss a beat, dude. Yeah. They it's got like- out there. Oh, so, so good. It's like the studio recording, you know, like yeah. you you go and, and you listen and you, it's just, it's fantastic, man. Uh, what a shame. What an absolute shame. How do you, so wait, so I want to know, how yeah, yeah. do you feel about the fact that they continued on and they ended up using the same name without him, obviously, because he passed? Right. Uh, I mean, that's like the same, that, that'd be the same question as being like, how do I feel about Sublime with Rome? So, but at least very they, similar. But, but at but, least they said sublime with Rome. with Rome, right? Like they don't say I don't know. Just don't have pilots with. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of right. how I, okay. I. I think right now. So to answer that question, right. So in that sense, I think it's a little fucked up because it's not like Queen was just Queen. Like they're like Queen featuring Adam Lambert. Exactly. Like so, I think in a sense you're doing an injustice. Right. To that name, if you're not saying, like, you can, hey, there are plenty of bands that that have done that, that have done that, and, and like, they've they got the right to do whatever. Or whatever th- yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, like, Misfits might be a little bit different because, because nobody had, died in that. Nobody band. died, and they have many, many members. Correct. Like Glenn, Glenn Danzig didn't die. <laughs> he didn't die. No. Yeah, right. No. So, but, I, but Scott yeah. Weiland died, and then they replaced him with another singer and then just kept going on as stone temple pilots, which 
Death you know, Island, like I band. Right. No, like I get like why people are, were upset about that. And that's why I asked you, like, do, like how did you feel about that? Because I honestly yeah. would have had a little bit more respect for that for them if they said Stone Temple Pilots with, and I should know who the other. I was just going to say, let me maybe I can look them up quick, but um, yeah, yeah, no, I I totally agree. Why is it so hard to find this guy's name, dude? Wasn't All right, he on, so like, the voice Je- or some, Je- something like that. Is it is it Jeff Goot? Dude, Even I don't fucking know. Chester Bennington was a. He was number? briefly. He was wow. he was in the band. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Fuck. I forgot about that. Eric Kretz. Yeah, dude, that must have been sick. It looks like Eric Kretz. If I'm if uh I, I'm finding that correctly. Anyway. Oh no, it does say Jeff and Gutt. Jeff Gutt as the new lead singer. So okay, yeah. So maybe Stone Temple Pilots with Jeff Gutt doesn't have a great ring to it. However, <laughs> like either I, I change the name of the band. Yeah. I don't fucking know. You know, I don't know. But, and then you can then, still do Stone Temple Pilots songs. Don't tell me you're Stone Temple Pilots and then come out with some guy named Jeff Gutt. And then, cause I, I'm like, it's not the same dude. Like, I don't want to hear dead and bloated sing sung by somebody else. Like, I don't want to hear Wick, yeah. wicked garden sung by some guy. At that, <laughs> Other point, than at that point, you're a cover band. Yeah, right. dude. Yeah, I mean, I know you. I know the DeLeo <laughs> brothers are like, you know, like, hey, they what are about us? Double pilots, right? They like, are. really. They're like, but, hey, what about us, guy? Like, yeah, you know, no, I get it. I look. That's a that must have been like a really really hard thing for them. I'm sure it, it was. It, it must have been just like a a tough decision. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think they probably looked at it and they said, you know, like. What are we going to do? You know, like if we change the name completely, like we've got no no name recognition and nobody's probably going to fucking listen to us and nobody's going to give a shit. So I, they, yeah, I guess. But that's yeah. why. But that's why, like, man, they could have went with Stone Temple Pilots with Jeff, you know, like that yeah. would have been, you know what I mean? Like or Stone Temple Pilots with Jeff G if they didn't want to say gut or whatever the fuck. Right. What? Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like they could have been a little bit more creative about it at the end of the day who the fuck are we to say anything they who made knows? their decision and it is what it is i just was very curious as to how you felt about it yeah yeah yeah. a little annoyed a little <laughs> like a little upset but it is what it is i guess but yeah get, so getting back to core getting back to the core of core yes uh, is there a track there that you love that is like your track it's so funny like you know i i probably am I'm going to name every single song on this well, album. Well, you're not allowed. But I will say, like, so obviously I love all, like, the big hits. Like, Creep was probably, like, well, I shouldn't say probably. Creep is my favorite Stone Temple Pilot song. Okay, so the, that's easy. There you I go. I was say, Creep. so there, there's that. I do also love Sin. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, fair, so. That's fair. I, I just love, like, one of my favorite things about Stone Temple Pilots is, and he did it live too, was when he used, like, the, um, the air, like, not the air horn. Well, maybe, yeah, but, like, he would, he would, right. like, he would sing and the megaphone. S- 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 scream through the megaphone. I thought that was fucking such a cool thing. And, like, he was, like, from what I could tell, he was, like, the only guy doing that. I mean, it's definitely now a, a oh, thing. A big thing now. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was like the one to make it popular or anything, but uh, yeah, I'm not 100 yeah, percent sure about that. But I, I but I, I would think that if he wasn't, I mean, like he was a huge influence influence there yeah, for that. For sure. But uh, how about yourself? So I'm gonna go with Creep. How about yourself, Creep? Uh, I'm gonna go Wicked Garden. 
Okay. That, song. that song just fucking grooves so hard. And you know what's funny? Our band has covered Plush. Yes, yes. And played it live many, many, many times. Now, that's not to say that I don't like Plush because we've played it so many times. I actually love the song. I still love it. Yes. But for me, yeah, like Wicked Garden just kind of stands out, you know? Yeah, dude. No, it's a great song, man. It's so good. You were talking about like the like groove and like that almost kind of like that 70s sound. Yeah, yeah, And I think that that song really kind of embodies that, you know? Absolutely. Oh, They've so got like, yeah. Good. They put like a very, and so did Soundgarden, but like I think Stone Temple Pilots did it better as far as putting that trippy edge on, like the trippy 70s yeah. like edge on their grunge songs, which kind of put them in like a little bit of a different. Right. It kind of put them a not to say that better than anyone else, but kind of put them above grunge, just like where Deftones can put themselves above new metal and they kind of transcend. They transcend okay. those, I see those genres saying. and they yeah, can yeah. just, yeah. So, I mean, no, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. And they transcend those things so that they're not stuck in a particular genre and they can become like more of a classic like distinct. stand the test of time yes and distinct. and and absolutely like stand the test of time yeah 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 man so, so yeah fucking great album oh uh, yes yeah uh so do you have any facts for us sir i i do i have a couple you know it's i wish i could find more facts like i did with <laughs> some of the earlier episodes where it's like people getting stabbed with accidentally getting stabbed with a knife like in the deftones right uh, one so it's I can't find a whole lot of that stuff anymore. Well, but. I, I, you know what, man? That's not, I don't think people are expecting that. No, no, not. But, uh, no. But, uh, I think it's just cool to have any kind of facts about any records that we do on the platter. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. So I do have a couple here. I didn't know this, and I think this is pretty interesting, but the first track actually recorded for the album was Wet My Bed. If, uh, if anyone knew that, good for you. Um, it actually was, <laughs> it was, uh, Kind of an improvised session between Scott Weiland and Robert DeLeo. They were alone in the studio recording, and the producer came in at the end and was like, all right, now what? And they kept that in, so that's the song. And it was just actually really interesting because it's like, it's another song I really like, and it was just like, it was just kind of like a fuck around song, but they're like, this is great. <laughs> and so... Wow. Um, Testament to their talent. Yes, exactly. So then uh, th the rest of the album was recorded in five weeks. Um, and then they wanted to call the album Core to refer to the biblical reference of Adam and Eve. Uh, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Of course, as you mentioned before, like several of the album's songs are consistently played uh, on the radio. And uh, Core was actually named on the uh, on Guitar World magazine's top 10 list of guitar albums 92 and it's uh number 11 on the list of rolling stones 50 greatest grunge albums nice and one other one is which i think is just insane is that this album has since it first came out in 92 has gone eight times platinum as of 2001 making it the band's obvious best-selling album but it's probably sold far more than that 20 years later wild so there's my facts all right, everybody, we want to thank Heath from Wax Mage Records for coming on. What a treat. What a great guy. 
We absolutely loved having him on. Totally humble about everything that he does, and he is clearly a fucking legend. So again, thank you, Heath, for coming on the show. Everybody, thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram at Taste of Vinyl and on Twitter at Taste Vinyl. And remember, you can never own too much vinyl. Later. Bye.